Welcome to the Developmenter Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Ingersoll, and today is launch day. This podcast is an interview-based show about careers in technology, including, but not only, software engineering. Throughout our episodes, you'll hear from a variety of people who work across many different roles. Roles like product management, quality assurance, sales, marketing, data science, and even management, including the C-suite. Each interview will focus on helping you learn more about that role, what's required to be successful in it, and how that role is changing. More importantly, though, we'll hope you'll see that there are a lot of different paths to be successful in your own career. In fact, most of our guests did not go the traditional route of a four-year degree in their field of choice. This is a little side project that I've been working on for a good while now, and it's finally ready for consumption. Well, at least I think it's good enough to get started. Unlike most episodes of Developmentor that will feature a guest interview or be on a specific topic in tech, this one is going to be a bit different, as I want to spend some time on why I'm launching this project, who I think it's for, and what I hope you will get out of the content we are creating here and on our website, developmentor.com. A little backstory for you, starting with a bit of my background and finishing with my inspirations for this podcast. I enrolled back at Amherst College in 1992 with a plan to major in math and maybe economics. But thankfully, a good friend of mine on the hockey team suggested that I take an intro to programming class, given he knew how much I liked computers. Needless to say, I was hooked. Four years later, I graduated with a double major in computer science and math, having taken only one class in economics my entire four years, and it was pass-fail at that. My first job out of school was at the Ultra Corporation, a tiny three-person defense contractor based in Syracuse, New York, that I had interned with and then worked remotely for while in college. That's, I, that's right. I worked remotely for a tech firm in 1996. Needless to say, the tech for working remote has changed quite a bit since then. That first job was a great little start in the world of work and computers as I got to do a lot of different things, ranging from setting up and managing a Beowulf Linux compute cluster, you can go look up what that is, through to parallelizing electromagnetic radar simulation code written in Fortran. That was a mouthful, and that was also quite the project. I'm still not sure why I didn't head out west at the time, given it was the heyday of the late 90s tech scene. Scratch that, I do know why. It was the age-old reason young men do most anything. There was a girl. I was still dating someone from undergrad, and Syracuse was only four hours away from her. And the job was chill enough that I could often leave early on Fridays to make the drive east back to Amherst. That relationship didn't work out, but it was all for the best, as Syracuse had other plans for me. After Ultra, I joined TextWise, another startup that grew out of Syracuse University, this time in the search and natural language processing space. And I was hooked. Not only did I find the work I loved doing, but I found a great mentor in Liz Liddy, who you'll hear from in an upcoming episode, and a number of other good friends, some of who I will also interview here. After leaving TextWise, I worked the worst job of my career before going back to work for Liz, this time at a research lab at Syracuse called the Center for Natural Language Processing, where my career path would once again change. You see, I was hired to build an Arabic-English search engine. You can guess who was paying for that. I walked in the first day and my boss said, we're going to build it using this open source project called Lucene. Go figure it out. 
Lucene, for those who aren't familiar, is a Java library that enables people to build their own search engines. It's not all you need to build something like Google Search, but it does provide the core infrastructure for building a modern search engine like Google, along with a whole lot of other things. After a few years at CNLP, me and three other people from the Lucene community started a company called LucidWorks. Well, back then it was called Lucid Imagination, but these days it's called LucidWorks. We started off just simply by dedicating ourselves to commercializing this open source search technology called Lucene and Apache Solar. You might think of us as the red hat for search, if you will. Up until this point, my career had been fairly textbook having worked my way up from junior software engineering through to the senior level. LucidWorks shook all of that up as I took on many different roles, as one might expect when you start your own company. On any given day in a startup, you might be talking to potential customers, writing a blog for marketing, writing some code, or even troubleshooting a support ticket, or jumping on a plane to go see a customer at the last minute. Over the years, my role evolved from one of principal engineer to chief scientist to CTO and board member. During that time, I hired and grew the engineering team from about 10 people up through to about 50. Next, I spent a lot of time out with customers in what you might call a field CTO engineering role. And I also built up our AI research team from zero up to about 10, 15 people. It's been quite a varied path that even I didn't picture back in 1996. Enough about me though, let's talk about what this podcast is about. Developmentor was inspired by a number of conversations I've had recently with friends and family about the tech scene and some observations of my travels throughout the tech world. The first was a series of discussions with my wife and son about college planning and careers in tech. A bit about my son, William. He's this wonderful, yes, I'm biased, mix of creative and technical with an eye and ear for storytelling. He knows how to program, but he isn't quite sure it's what he wants to do with his life. He really likes art, especially film, but doesn't foresee himself making films. What he really likes is the combo of the two, bringing technology to life via art and storytelling. He does this primarily through 3D animation and modeling using an open source project called Blender. But he also does it through music and a passion for aesthetics. The other thing about William is he's a bit of a pragmatist, meaning that he wants a good foundation to build his life on, something that will make him employable and allow him to make a good living. And he doesn't necessarily see a path in art that yields that kind of life, at least not yet. Given his pragmatism, when he first started looking into college, he was mainly focused on finding a good computer science programming and treating the art side as more of a hobby. As we dug deeper, both his mom and I had this feeling that it just wasn't quite right. It's not that we think he isn't capable of doing computer science. It just felt like he was doing it for the wrong reasons, that he was giving up this side of him that is a critical part of the way he thinks. Also, he can get that proverbial quote unquote, good job. We started discussing careers after college, and I mentioned there's this career out there called a creative director that you increasingly see at many high-tech companies that is very close to what he really likes, a blend of art and tech. The role traditionally was one focused on graphic design, but is increasingly a blend of user experience, 
storytelling, graphic design, and programming. In other words, art and tech. Neither him nor his mom had ever even heard of such a role. I asked around. Turns out many others hadn't either. In fact, many folks I talked to had never heard of many of the roles in tech companies that are well known to those of us on the inside. That was the first part of my inspiration. It really is just to show people, showcase all of these different roles. Kind of to highlight that you don't just have to be a software engineer. The second part of my inspiration though for development comes from some observations and trends in the tech scene that I think are potentially harmful. Namely, the rapidly growing cult of personality in tech and to an extent society around the programmer, the software engineer, if you will, as if it's the only role in the company that matters anymore. That these programmers are somehow powerful wizards who can crank out a few lines of code and voila, all problems are solved. Throw in the phrase artificial intelligence next to the word engineer and you'd think it was the second coming in some circles. Now don't get me wrong, I'm all for people who want to learn to code. And I have nothing against software engineer. I am one myself, and a number of my closest friends are as well. As you'll hear in upcoming episodes, I've also interviewed a number of software engineers for this podcast. But there is more to any tech company's story than just the software, and I want to present the whole picture. I must admit, I fell prey to the engineering myth-making that is happening because I'm a direct benefactor of it. As I said earlier, I'm a software engineer by training but I'm also the co-founder of a company. And in building that company with three other techies up into a 250 person plus company, I will be the first to tell you that we really struggled launching until we found the right blended people across a range of skills, not just software engineers. Frankly, in those early days as a group of engineers, we were terrible at actually aligning it with what customers cared about. We were also very ineffective at telling our story to anyone other than the most diehard engineers. The reality is the four hires I credit the most with getting us on the trajectory of growth the company is now on are the CEO, the head of marketing, the head of sales, and a creative director focused on user experience. In other words, a person responsible for keeping us all on track, one for telling our story, one for convincing others to buy that story, and one for actually making the damn thing usable. I know, you might be thinking, Doug Grant, everyone knows you need those roles and many others at a company. But I guarantee you some of the super technical folks listening to this are also saying, sure, but you wouldn't have been able to hire those folks if you didn't first build the tech. Here's my point. It takes a village to create any business of significant size. And just like a village can't function with only farmers or only shopkeepers, nor can a business, even a tech business, function with only engineers. More to the point, I want development or to highlight all of the functions that go into building a great tech company. I wanna help you, the listener, find the right role in technology for you, even if you don't want to ever write a single line of code. I want to showcase all the roles that contribute to tech, everything from technical sales, product management, software engineering, user experience, graphic design, legal, and yes, even sales and marketing. I also want to highlight all the different ways one might land one of those roles because it doesn't always have to be the traditional get a degree in whatever field you chose and then get a job in that field. Finally, I want to show what skills, both hard and soft, are needed in those roles as well as how that field is evolving. 
If you'll stick with me, you'll meet IT product managers with social work degrees and heads of sales with engineering degrees. You'll meet engineers who got all the degrees and others who did a six-week coding boot camp and are running the show. You'll meet academics and practitioners across a wide range of industries. You might even meet a few artists. Most importantly, I hope you'll meet your calling. If you want to learn more about this podcast, I encourage you to come to developmentor.com and subscribe to our mailing list. And of course, you can listen to this podcast on all the platforms out there like iTunes and Stitcher and, and Spotify. Thank you for joining me and I look forward to hearing your comments as we go forward.